So today we have with us, welcome to the uh, Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Today we have have with us Daniel Eriksson, if we use the the, um, the international pronunciation, or Daniel Eriksson. Uh, currently the, all right, you, we're going to have to let you explain your, your title and your role with HV71, but welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scanlux.com. What, what is your role? What it, so, utvecklingschef, what does that really translate into? I translate into development coach or development director. So, so I'm the, the head of the development department in, in HV71. It goes from, from when you start, you take your first strides in HV71 until you either leave us after under 20 or you go up to the pro team. That's where, where my responsibility ends. All right. And before we get into your background specifically, so I'm born 1975. Um, and uh, for those who've listened, I, uh, I grew up in Lexand and grew up sitting in the, uh, so we used to climb up in the corner of the, from the, from the stand-up, section of the old east stadion we would climb over and get in the corner of the seated section and watch the the uh, the men's leagues games and i remember when hv71 came up and i was like hv71 what is that and they were they were new uh, when i was a kid they were kind of the new kid on the block um where is hv71 for those who don't know HV71 right now or is located in Jönköping, uh, just between two cities, actually, Husqvarna and Jönköping. And it started, as you said, uh, it's not so many years ago, in 1971. That's the 71 in HV. So it's actually two clubs. It's Husqvarna and Vetterstad. So Vetterstad is a small, small place just outside located. So it has nothing to do, actually, with Jönköping. But... The big arena and, and everyone connected to Young Shopping today. All right. So I learned something already today because I never knew what the V stood for in, in that. And of course, everybody in the US knows of Husqvarna or what they call it, Husqvarna. <laughs> yeah, it's a big it's a big company. Yeah. Yeah. So now everybody's gonna realize, wow, that's actually a place. And uh, everybody in Sweden, of course, knows that. But so let's talk a little bit about your background and I, and, and I want to have, so we, we chatted a little bit offline and, and two tracks that I want to try to hit on your background with the Swedish Hockey Federation uh, before, and then your role now in HV71 and how that is kind of common with the elite clubs uh, and, and the focus and how that maybe mirrors and or, or, or relates to your background where you were before and 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 you're to see how that works so let's let's go back because so if, if we if we look you up on linkedin so i have two ways that i primarily have in front of me now i'm i'm at the in-laws so i'm i only have my phone up so i normally have elite prospects up and then i have linkedin up and and i just think that it's it's interesting you have a very very uh varied 
background, but let's let's start with you as a from a from an athlete perspective, and then you can kind of go into um, professional development. Yeah, so I I, I am from Örebro. Uh, that is a place like 200 kilometers from Stockholm. Uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I started playing hockey when I was six and played in Örebro until I was 19. I was too lazy to keep on going, to be honest. Uh, I got my first full-time job and, and I felt like, no, this is not going to take me anywhere. So I'm going to end my I end my career and, and start doing something else. But I had a friend that convinced me to go over to the coaching coaching staff. So I started my coaching career at the same time when I when I when I stopped my my playing career at, at 19. So I started as an assistant coach for three years and in Örebro as under 20 coach and under 18 coach. Uh, and then I went down to, to the youth system. So I followed a, a, a group of players born 1990. So I was 10 years older than them. Uh, I was the head coach for them for three years. Uh, started a new round but at the same time I also started university so I felt that I I needed to have something to lean back on uh, if I'm if you know my first plan was to be a, become a professional hockey coach uh, so I started my 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 university studies as a teacher uh, at the same time of course I got my fu first full-time job as a youth director uh, in Örebro so I, I did, I think I did five or six years as a youth director in Örebro. Uh, at the same time, I, I fulfilled my my university degree as, as a teacher. Uh, and after like five or six years, I felt like, okay, now I want to try the professional stage. So I went down to Hockeyetan or the third league uh, in Sweden. That is a semi-pro league in, in some type of ways. Yeah. I did one year down in, in, in Kallinge. I did half a year in Nibro because I got fired. Uh, also a part of part of my job. You get <laughs> fired and you get hired. Uh, I, I went back after that. I felt like I was burned. So I started using my teaching degree uh, as a teacher. And at the same time, I, I coached uh, in hockey at as well. So I had one and a half uh, time job let's say it was it was interesting it was great during the seasons but after the seasons you got two weeks when you only slept because you were so tired <laughs> uh, and uh, I had one year off after after that because I from hockey I felt I felt totally burned and and I got tricked in again <laughs> uh, uh, and after two years with shopping, I felt uh, I, I became a, a principal at the same time. So I felt like after shopping, this is this is it. Like now I have a good I have a good civilian job. Uh, it's time to grow up. Time to to do something else and stop playing ice hockey. Uh, and, and was so, that in shopping? What level was that? Was that also that was also hockey at that? Okay. Yeah. So I always coached at, at that level. And as I said, I felt like now it's done. Let's let's uh, do my civilian career in a good way and keep that going. But it took only one or two months before the federation called me and said, "Hey, I, I we know you're gonna stop, uh, but at least you can be a team manager at, at the national team level." 
let's do it like that. And, you know, it's five or six weeks a year. And I felt like, oh, it it's, could be nice, you know, traveling around the world, uh, seeing good hockey players in, in, in special environments. And I can do with that at the same time as I do my job. So I said yes to that. And we came to, I think it was in November, we played the under 17 world challenge in, in Canada. And when I got home, I felt like, no, this is it. I, I Hockey is the most fun part of, of my life. Uh, I need to continue with that in some way. So I started talking to some agents and, and I got a call from, from both from Norway, but also from, from Hungary. So, uh, and I, I ended up taking the job in Hungary. I was an assistant general manager at the DVTK Jeges Medweg. And that's the polar bears. Uh, it's a city in the eastern eastern part of Hungary, close to Kosice in, in Slovakia. And we played in, in the Slovakian highest league with the men's team. So I, I my responsibility was to help the coaches, coach the coaches, but also help the pro team in, in sports way. So I did that for two years. Uh, felt that it was time to go home. Um, and ended up in the Swedish Ice Hockey Federation as an area coach. And that, my plan was to stay as an area coach, but I, I when I started in August, I think, and in January, I said yes to H371. So you never know where, what life's going to take you. So yeah. now, I, now I'm in Husqvarna and we're in Jönköping. Yeah. Well, I, so I, it was funny how, how, verbatim you went you've you've told that story a few times i I believe but it's 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 almost verbatim to your to your uh, resume here on linkedin which is so which is amazing uh and and i'm sure the common denominator with hockey in and everybody's hockey journey is the experiences you have along the way regardless you know we could we can take out a segment of when you were a kid and we we talked a little bit offline about you know when i was playing or you were playing and at this age or with this player or with this team or you could say when i coached this team um i know Kriff is uh, looking for a head coach right now right that was where well, you they, first started <laughs> yeah that's where i first started but they they got a new head coach today oh they so did okay i'm mike tisell is, is is there Okay, I, I I listened to the podcast. So this is a plug for for um, I forget what the name of the podcast is, but it's just about Hokieta. Um, um, Mjolnir's trash talk. Yes, yes, and and I really have no interest in Hokieta in Sweden, but they do a really good job talking about it, and 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 it's made me pay attention to the different teams. I have absolutely no connection or interest in any of those teams but as you could tell i knew that hey he was on the hot seat before the before the season and yes they ended up firing him and 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 now they now they have a new coach yeah and that's so interesting because that's the third league uh over here and they said it's a semi-pro league and as we talked also offline like i don't understand why we have podcasts, or SHL is big here, Alsenskan is big. We have podcasts following Hockey Etan, but we don't have podcasts or, or anything doing with, with the juniors uh, over here. Well, we do uh, now. 
Yeah, we do now. Yeah, that's the, that's the first thing. But it's it's not in our native language, so it's, no. it's really interesting. Yeah, and I may. So I've actually toyed around with that idea about just just doing a every other one in Swedish. But what's interesting when I look at the stats on 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 who listens, two thirds of the people that listens to this podcast are from Sweden. So um, I think it 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 works. And, um, so, but let's, let's, let's dive into subject number one, Swedish hockey federation. Uh, and you know, I came over to the U S in 1993 and all my, you know, the majority of my hockey experience have been through USA hockey and how it pushed with, uh, with, with its central, um, the central, office of USA hockey's in Colorado Springs, Colorado, Colorado, and then they have it divided up into regions and they have, and they, and they support with themes where, um, you know, big push from learn to play and the American development model. And then they get all the way up into the, um, what really the focus is the national development program and TDP that has been hugely successful uh, in, in, especially when you're looking at the last 10 years of, of first round draft picks. But what's interesting is that they've always, we've heard it for a long, long time is that they've always looked to the Swedish hockey federation and the Finnish hockey federation for, you know, ideas and how to develop and how to grow and, and, you know, stolen ideas, so to speak. And I'm really interested because I'm, what I'm hearing a lot now, especially in the juniors is the struggle of Swedish clubs. You know, it's not necessarily followed through with kind of the, the small area games. It's a lot of it's not as much focus on skill development at the junior level, a lot of full ice flow drills and not so much what it was built on at the youth levels. And so, so your role as an area coach, uh, so which regions did, were you, were you responsible for with the Swedish hockey federation? I was responsible for, for the Örebro region, uh, some parts in Westmanland and also Värmland. So I had big clubs like Örebro and Sarissa in SHL. I had Kalskoga in in, in Alsvenska and also some, some smaller clubs like Köping and Arboga and, and those type of clubs. But also really small clubs like Nora uh, in, in, in have only like 70 or 80 players. Uh, so, so everything from the big until the small. That was my responsibility. So what's the biggest... Um focus right now since you just you you are so recently out of there right you're not cursed so this is perfect we have inside information and we can speak freely and and no retribution here so let's bring (laughs) on the good bad and the ugly uh now so what's the big focus for swedish hockey federation because at the end of the day the message is is communicated by, by guys that were in your position yeah, right now we I would say it's two focus areas, big focus areas. One is the development and the growth of, of the women's hockey. That comes a lot from, from the federation right now. But when we come down to the area coaches, the area coaches is talking a lot about competition. 
Uh, we feel in Swedish ice hockey that we don't compete as hard as the, the North Americans, for example. And that is a struggle for us in international games. Is that primarily because of the quote-unquote lack of success at the at the competing with U.S. and Canada at the junior level, or is that also at the senior level? Um, I would say it's it's a mix in that. Uh, of course, we we as a Swedish hockey federation always do do something after every championship we play and look at our opponents, what they do and, and what we, we do and, and how are our players educated and stuff. So, of course, it comes from both the men's and but mostly the juniors. So how does that then, when they look at U.S. and Canada, what are the things that the Swedish Hockey Federation admire or see from a standpoint of, what are the you know what are they doing that works because they certainly have dominated that area been a co- constant dominator whether whether they win it this year or that year specifically canada yeah. um, well i would say the biggest thing we're we're talking about is the hot area in front of the net uh, we feel that that is the area where the north americans are so much better than we are uh, winning the loose pucks scoring ugly goals or garbage goals and that's the really the area we're looking on them and, and saying that that's where we want to be. Wow. Uh, so how does that then translate into strategy? Well, the strategy is De- develop less. develop a bunch of um, of uh, who are the who are the main play. What I forget what's his name plays uh, played in Pittsburgh for so many years and. Hernke. <laughs> develop last last round draft picks that live live in front of the net and gets beat up that's yeah. what you want you to become no 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 that's that's not it the, the the main thing is that we want to keep our identity like what are we good at we're normally good at skating and passing that's that's the main thing but we want to add you know the killer instincts in front of the net uh, we want to be more like the North Americans in that way, but we still want to keep the things we're doing outside. Like we feel that that with playing with the puck, that's that's our strength, and and playing as a collective is also a strength that, that we have in all sports. Yeah, uh, but we we feel that we are missing that a bit uh, the last years because we talked so much about skills. Uh, so, so the the, so one the, of the... It's, going, the observ- it's coming back. Yeah, one of the observations that I have, uh, just my first initial difference between junior hockey over here and and in Sweden, as a parent watching J18 in Sweden primarily is, and, and it's not just because of the difference in the size of the rink, I think, but um, there is a big difference in the physicality. In the corners, in front of the net, um, and I'm not sure if it's – I don't think it's because of the refereeing um, or the rules uh, being much different. As a matter of fact, the, the the rules in youth hockey all the way up to U18 in, in the U.S. are much, more, much, much tighter when it comes to physical play. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a mix of, of a lot of things. Uh, one is the society. And what we do in the society, of course, that, you know, if you look at the North Americans, it's 
it's more or less you, you fight for your spot in the team. That's you only do that once, maybe twice over here. It's not from youth hockey. You everyone gets to play and everyone gets to to be in. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the struggles. Like that's why we talk about so much about competition because we we need to find competition within our system. Yeah. Uh, not getting it like natural. So that is one thing, and I think also the size of the rink helps to get to play a little bit phys- more physical. You're closer, and because we can see when we go to to the smaller rink that it directly becomes a more physical game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the different, how, how this frankly affects it in the U S because so I referee in the U S and, and the emphasis in the last three or four years have been basically eliminate the body checks um, almost completely. And, and the rules are now stick on the ice, play the puck, don't go out and cream somebody. And, and uh, the other part is big difference in, in, the, in the U.S. Versus, versus Sweden. You know, checking from behind, charging um, and boarding, two-minute penalties in Sweden, automatic two and a ten in, in the U.S. You cannot call a minor penalty on, on, a, on a boarding call. Uh, not sure which one's right or wrong. Um, I think that it was it was probably a necessity over here where it was going and 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 you know trying to and also the the situation where they're in in the concussion world um, is, is, has really been the main reasons for it. Uh, but but no doubt that it's going to have a have a trickle up effect uh, in in the future. I think we already been there because we've been talking about concussions for five years and, and the concussions is going down here uh, big time. And I guess that's also like now maybe emphasize it for, for you guys over there. And we already done it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, it goes like that. It goes, the development goes, you, you guys do this, we do this. And then, you're great. Now we're great. That's, yeah. that's how it goes all the time, up and down. So so let's switch in a little bit now to your current role in HV71. So, and, and let's put things into context. HV71, which has always been a top club, had run in, you know, now we're playing in the SHL, but as a newcomer, we're down in Alsvenskan maybe two or three One years. Year. One, One year. year. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then Fredrik Forsberg came in and helped bring it oh, up. So he's a Lexan? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had to throw, there has to be a Lexan connection. <laughs> I understand that from listening to the other, other episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but the way it's structured, I mean, it's, it, it is a big club and not necessarily because it plays in Allsvenskan or, or, or SHL, but it's, it is. It has a elite team. It has a J20 super elite, or what's now called J20 national team, right? Yeah, yeah. And then J18 region south. Yeah, I think maybe region or or national south today. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So they uh, 
So, um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that. And then, um, um, so it, and, and then of course, the big issue to me is that it has an NIU gymnasium structure. Yeah. So in that region, uh, I'm, I'm sure that in your current role, it's all about growing the, 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 the breadth or, or the making it broader, but also and deeper, but also sharp. Of course, you know, the, the end game, of course, is for every big club is to make elite players. That's the end game. Yeah. But we, we believe over here to make an end game, you need to have a broad base. And then you, you have to make sure that you educate them in a good way so we can fill a lot of spots with own developed players for the new spots. And how's that been for specifically HV71? And then we'll talk about some of the other teams in, in that, that you worked with in, in Swedish Hockey Federation. How's that been in the past? Has that been uh, lacking or... Or... No, I, I would say if if you look at uh, if you look back, like HV seventy one has been as you say a big club over here. Uh, always have had easy to pick in players. Like the the hockey gymnasium is one of the oldest, one of the first ones. So the structures are there, uh, and and we work really work with educating the players on, on school time. And now with all the other clubs coming in and all the money coming in from SHL it's a much tougher to recruit uh, the best players because you in, have to, you have to finance way? it. Well, there's a lot of more good new hockey gymnasiums over here. So that means that if you're a top player, you can, you can choose from six to 12 new gymnasiums instead of like it was before. It was like Westeros, Mudo and, and HV. That, that was it. So what is the big difference for those who don't know? What is the big difference between NIU, National, what what does it stand for? National Education of Elite or something like that it would translate yeah. for. So so what's the biggest difference between NIU and LIU, the local uh, gymnasium? Yeah. The, the biggest difference, to be honest, is that if you have a NIU, you have to have certain things in spots. You have to have some food. You have to have... A special amount of of educators on the ice every time they go but if you have a, a local thing that it's enough with one it's more like it's good that you have yeah so you have this you have the ice time you have the facilities but you may not have the structure and the and the staff exactly and exactly. the focus yeah so in in yun shopping area where i am we have we have a smaller club right next door it's like 10 kilometers uh they have a LIU. Uh, so, so if you don't take a spot in the NIU in our club, you can go to LIU uh, and, and just travel 10 kilometers. So if you are then, you're finishing ninth grade, you just finished U16. So interesting time that we're in. Now we're in, we're recording this 26th of November for, for everybody's right now, if you are U16 and you're the best U16, you don't really play U16s. So you play in U8 or J18 somewhere. Yeah, you do. Right? You do. So, and do you guys already have your 
uh, team or your your positions picked for next year for uh, gymnasium first the, the the freshman so to speak or the first year gymnasium players? Yeah, we do, we do. So and that's pretty common, right? That's pretty common because now the application ends at the first of December, so this is just before they close. So. Uh, when does the when do you start recruiting that so are you recruiting now next year's gymnasium player uh i'm not allowed to yet because uh, so first of january you're allowed to start recruiting for for that year so we're meeting no, communi communicating with them right yeah I, no i'm not i'm not you're not even supposed to communicate with them you're no no what, what i'm what I'm saying is you're not allowed to communicate, but that doesn't mean that you can't go and scout players that are. That's, that's true. That's true. So scouting is, is already on. Yeah. Like you have scouting lists and all of that, those things with the under 15 players right now. Yeah. Uh, but you're not allowed to talk to them until the 1st of January. So, but just like in Lexan, where you have the Lexan Hockey School, which has been a huge recruiting um you know method right they you yep. brought them up since they were 10 and they were co comfortable with the surroundings they developed the relationships with with the coaches and and the environments what what does hv71 do we have the same we have a, a hockey school as well and that's that's of course a part of it but you know Today, I would say that is not the biggest thing, how you recruit players. Today, it's more about what type of education can you give them when they, they sign the contract with us. So they are more interested in what type of facilities we have, how the school look, because you also go to school. You have two. Uh, you're, we're talking about double careers. You're talking about school career and talking about hockey career. Uh, so it's more more or less more those things that are more interesting for them, where they should live and and those things. So yeah, let's let's go there. That's I I want to I want to dive in there. What is the if you're going to make the pitch here now? What is it that HV seventy one? Of course, it's hard to compete, but and and you've already said like so for a big club, they're going to have to put. The, the finances, I'm sure you're getting grant money and these type of things from, oh, from yeah. to be able to run this type of thing, but it's still, it's a big budget program. It is, it is. but, but the main, the main pitch we do is that uh, number one is that we, we have a good uh, collaboration with school. So they don't miss out in school because we have four ice rink at the same surface. So when, when, when they stop school at, at four, we can always practice 4.30 if we, if we want, and, and we do. So, and then, then their day are, they are off at six every day. And that is not so common uh, in huh. big clubs. Um, that's one of the pitches. The other pitch is that we, we have a great medical team. We have our own uh, junior doctor. Uh, I don't think so many has that. Uh, and, and because those things are, are important. And, and we also supply them with, with food. Uh, after every practice, they get a food box uh, for getting, getting back directly to, to what they need. So those are the most selfish. Uh, I, I tell them and I t always tell them, like, if you want the most gear or if you want 
most sticks and those things, it, we're not the cloud for you. We, so, we want to sell in those things. And, and, and talk a little bit about the, not just the on ice, but the off ice component in terms of building the athlete. Yeah. So every, every morning we have two full-time physical coaches. So when we have the NIU in the mornings, we, we start always with a off ice session with, with professional at professional coaches. So, and we have NIU Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and then of course we play the games, uh, in, in the weekends, but we also, when we have home games or if the under 18 is playing a home game on Thursday, the, the physical coach goes down and they go to the gym directly after the game, for example. Okay. So it's a long-term development. That's what we're always talking with them. It's not a quick fix. You have to really get invested in, in, in the program if you want to become a great hockey player. Yeah, and what what is their housing situation? Is that provided by the by the club? It is. Uh, depends on where you where you're from. Uh, if you're from our area, they can still live at home, uh, and of course, that's the best thing uh, because you know, mama's meatballs are always better than someone else's meatballs. Uh, but if you come from outside, of course, we we provide we help them with 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 flats. Yeah. So, so they live in the in town, quite close to each other, uh, so they can help each other out when they go to practice or when they go to school. All right. So the results of and 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 I'm I'm sure that there's similarities. So when you're in your let's switch back to your role as a in 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 your Swedish Hockey Federation. I'm sure that that's I mean that's a very balanced and a very methodical way. And and I'm sure Örebro is doing the same thing. They're doing exactly the same thing. And yep. all the, oh, I would say, oh, we have 27 years yep. over here and at least 12 or 14 of them are doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's all about, you know, everyone, all the big clubs are, are getting financed at the, almost the same amount of money. Uh, of, uh, of your, if you're an Allsense club, you cannot provide that much money that an SHL club can provide. So how much do you lean on as an organization or in your role now? How much are you leaning on the expertise and the and the support from the Swedish Hockey Federation with how to do these things? Uh, not to be honest, not so much. Uh, of course, all our coaches ha- go through the, the coaching program from the federation. <clears throat> but what we focus on and what we do, that's totally up to the club yeah. but i thought it was I, I can't remember who i was talking to um i think it was the goalie coach down in uh, malmo early on that w- when we started recording these podcasts and he was talking about the camaraderie and the partnerships with the with this with the competitor clubs that so for example um jon eric modig who's your counterpart in lexand um what partnership do you guys have? You compete hard at every level, uh, every, but but how much partnership do you guys have or Örebro or Färjestad? Yeah, we have a lot of partnerships because we have spin-off effects of, of each other. And, and that's where the, the federation comes in every every year, well, like once or twice. We, we have these big meetings, uh, the NIU meetings. Uh, we're all... 
the the bosses and and maybe one of the instructors are coming and and we share uh, knowledge and we share uh, things together because we we also work at the same time we we are competitors but still we work for to getting the best hockey players we can from this country and getting them to to how good they can be so I'll always try to help each other so so you're on a first name basis with all of those guys uh, I wouldn't say all of those guys but a lot of them yeah. No, that's great. I think that that's a, a unique aspect. Of course, Sweden is such a small country, so it, it's kind of conducive to doing that and forming relationships that that then forms trust, that then forms collaboration, that can have a synergistic effect uh, moving forward. So, so uh, let's wrap this up by talking about, so what's, in your now you've been in your role here nine months yeah what is it what's what's it looking like what's on your whiteboard in <laughs> right now like uh <laughs> things to do right yeah well there's a lot of things to do it's it comes from uh, making sure that we're doing the right stuff that at the at the beginning like in under nine or or whatever uh, making sure that that they get their proper education to to teach them how to skate and how to do things, but it's also like how next next year's team is looking for the under twenty or under eighteen, uh, making sure that we have the right amount of flats for for them, um, and also of course building the the future organization of the club. That's also on my table, and how we all wanted to look and how to make sure that we have the funds to do it. Yeah. I, 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 I admire your, um, your, and I, I appreciate your, uh, workload in front of you, but it's gotta be incredibly exciting and fun. It is. It, it's, it's a enormous amount of fun, uh, to do all of these things. Uh, of course, I, I really feel like my, my amount of, of work is right now too much to go in the direction that I want to. But hopefully with, with the new organization, if the board feels that this is the right way to do, I, I'm going to be able to focus more on questions like developing the, 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 the club. Uh, yeah. and, and that's what we're working for now. So hopefully if we have a talk in, in a year, my organization will look a bit different. Well, thanks for for coming on this podcast and sharing your experience and and a little bit more in the structure. I think it's really really helpful. It's insightful. I think people should be able to go in and 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 uh, maybe maybe later on we can go in and dive into a specific thing like you know the the J eighteen J twenty to national issues and and how do you how do you deal with the problem of i've got this talent but they're great but our our shl team is so good that i i need to now farm them out to hc Dolan to get yeah, playing and time. yeah and that we we do all the time like we we get all our junior players out when they are when they're good enough to to either hockeyetan or alfenskan or or things like that and that that's also time investing yeah yeah all right thanks so much i'm gonna go 
fill up my coffee cup and um, I've got a long, so on my whiteboard, it, it means cutting down three trees for mother-in-law today. So <laughs> that's good enough. That's good I, enough. For job. <laughs> from, uh, from the U S we say thank happy Thanksgiving and thank you for, for jumping on. Thank you very much. Have a nice, great day.